This episode is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity. They asked us not to read an ad. Enjoy! It is the Chicago First podcast on the Dynasty Podcast Network, featuring interviews with Chicago's premier artists and industry and creatives and culture leaders. Hosted by Haima Black. Welcome to Chicago. Let's do this. Let's do it. <laughs> hey, first shout out Social Works. They're doing great stuff for Chicago. Go check them out. Go help them if you can. They're the best. Yeah, that was really inspiring. Yeah, those guys are great. I love those two interviews we just got to do. I love doing this podcast. I, I think that that shows anybody who follows me on Twitter, they're probably like, we know. We know you love podcasts. <laughs> but, like, I really do. I love getting to talk to, like, exciting, creative people yeah, every absolutely. single week. I think it's the best. Yeah. And in keeping with that, Corbin Reef, thank you for coming up, man. Glad to be here. Absolutely. absolutely. Uh, so let's start with this. You are a music critic, writer, journalist in Chicago. Uh, we had you on a panel, I think it was already last year at this point. Yeah, it's been, a, it's been a big, about a year, yeah. That's crazy. So you were on a panel we did last year, uh, one of the Dynasty Podcast Future Factory panels at Chicago Athletic Association. And you were one of the four journalists, four music writers that we had on a panel last year talking about how to break into music journalism. That was the first time we had you on the mic. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you for doing that then, and thank you for coming up tonight. It's been a pleasure. It's abs- always a pleasure. Absolutely, man. So... Tonight, we are talking about this awesome book, Lighters in the Sky, All-Time Greatest Concerts. Uh, what's the year here? 60, 1960 to 2016. That is correct. That's wild. It's very wild. So I've been, like, flipping through the book. You sent me a PDF copy. I've been, like, moving all over, like, checking out this, checking out that. <laughs> this is incredibly in-depth, and I can't believe you went to every one of these concerts <laughs> all since of the them. 1960s. All of them. Every I, uh, important concert you were in attendance. Fired up the time machine. Rick went and Morty back style. Yeah, had to check out Muddy Waters. You know how it goes. Yeah, absolutely. No, so uh, talk about the theme of this book. Talk about what you're accomplishing in this book, and then we'll kind of dig into like the fun specific events. Sure, yeah. You know, basically it's, um, it's an overview uh, of you know, what I believe are the... Uh, 57 greatest concerts of all time, broken down by year. So, like, the best show from 1960, the best show from 1975. It's not just a ranking of, you know, the 100 greatest concerts of all time or anything like that. It's, you know, just trying to give a, an overview of the history of popular music through the live shows, um, through some transcendent live shows. Uh, and I really want to put you there. Uh, that's the, kind of the goal. You know, if you could have one ticket in one year to go see one show, what would that show be? And, uh, yeah, just had a lot of fun figuring that out, <laughs> listening to bootlegs and live albums and uh, talking to people, uh, watching video footage, um, bands, promoters, uh, pretty much anybody I can, I can find that would speak about these shows that, uh, that I've profiled, you know, to, to get, you know, the, the overall view of what, uh, what goes into an amazing live show. So let's start with this before we even open the book, before we crack the spine. All right. If you could go to any one concert... <sighs> What's that single one ticket you would you would get, man? Um, I oh man, this is tough. I, I I was prepared for this question, but then as you asked it, it's hard. Sure. Um, I think being the the Led Zeppelin fan that I am, I'd have mm-hmm. to go Led Zeppelin Earl's Court in 1975. There you go. Uh, I mean, Classic. The, the set list, uh, the the dynamic of the group at the time, the, the level of performance. I mean, it's just. Unbelievable. I wish I could have been there for that one. Historic. Historic, absolutely, yeah, yes. That's some almost famous shit. Yes, abs- yes, exactly. It's almost Incendiary. famous. Incendiary. Incendiary. <laughs> you know how it goes. Um, so this book, so I love what you're doing in this book because you're literally writing about all of these different incredible concerts. You're not really writing about tours. You're not like, oh, on this tour, like you mentioned the tours. Um, lights went out, but that's what happens. Lighters in the live, sky. Lighters in the, the sky. Yeah, exactly. So, um... So you're talking about, like, specific dates mm-hmm. of specific tours. Absolutely. You're saying, like, hey, on this date of Madonna's Blind Ambition Tour, on this date of Nine Inch Nails, on this date. So, like, let's start with the big question. 
How did you find, because I've, I've been reading this, and it does feel like you're there, and it feels like I'm there when I'm reading it. How were you able to create these amazing written snapshots of these events, even if you weren't there? You know, it's, it's, uh, there's experience that goes into it just from reviewing live shows sure. uh, for so many years. Um, I know, you know, I build up a skill of like, trying to put people there. You know, you kind of uh, build that muscle of, you know, uh, using descriptors and the, uh, different vantage points. Um, just mostly just talking to people, mostly just talking to people, um, promoters, like I said, uh, the artists themselves, uh, got to talk to like, you know, David Crosby and Big Daddy Kane. I mean, That's just, huge. Exactly. Yeah. You know, just absolutely. Yeah. It's, uh, Bruce Springsteen. I got a, a quote from him. Uh, that was pretty cool. You got it from the boss. Yes, absolutely. I, I did what I had to do. It's legendary. <laughs> but, um, and then, like, just like I said, you know, the research, listening to the shows over and over and over again, listening to the chatter from the crowd, listening to, uh, you know, what the, the banter on stage, because that's kind of what sticks in your head, these, these moments. It's not necessarily the recording, uh, the song itself. It's these little human moments that kind of make a show special. And I, if you can kind of capture that, you can kind of put people there. And that's kind of what I was hoping to do. So I want to ask you a question about live recordings uh, and get where you stand on that. I remember reading a quote from some critic, I don't know who, sure. who was at Nirvana Unplugged. Okay. Legendary Nirvana Unplugged in New York, MTV Unplugged date, right. which is just a haunting, amazing, incredible record, Let There Be Light. And he was saying that like he'll never listen to Unplugged. Mm-hmm. He wants to remember Unplugged as it happened, because right. that's such a legendary performance. Yes. If you go to an incredible show, do you want to hear the bootleg, or are you like, I want to remember it? as it happened in my head and heart. I don't want to hear somebody else who was on the other side of the venue, their version of it. Yeah, that's an interesting, that's an interesting question. I really, um, I mean, I have bootlegs of shows that I've been to, and sure. uh, I've gone back and revisited them. So I, I guess I would say that, yes, it's, it's nice to relive, because uh, a, a singular moment in time that meant something to you. Like, uh, um, you know, I know we're probably going to talk about Kanye West, but like... <laughs> a little go, bit. <laughs> yeah, going back and watching clips of the Yeezus tour, just to kind of you know, remember sure. what that was like, and the Margiela masks, and, uh, you know, going back and, on YouTube and watching, you know, uh, Kendrick Lamar's The Damn Tour, like mm-hmm. just recently. I mean, like, um, I think there's something to, like, you know... It's going to live in your head. I think Laura Michael says that he never wants to read uh, the oral history of SNL because it's going to mess with his own right, memory right. of what that's like. But I think that, you know, those touchstones, maybe I just have a bad memory myself. I, I really don't know. But uh, those touchstones, those recordings really help put me back in that space. And I, I really actually relish in that. For me, like, for example, Kanye. Yeah. Let's talk about Kanye for a second. Let's do it. I'm, I'm down. Let's talk about Kanye for nine hours until this cafe opens. <laughs> you have, I'm, I'm so down. You have no idea. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. So there was a show Kanye did. My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Right. He hadn't really like toured on it yet. Mm-hmm. He did a show at South By. It was announced last minute. Mm-hmm. It was a clusterfuck to get into. I bet. You, you can only imagine, because it wasn't even an official South By show. Mm. It was a Vivo show, and Vivo was brand new then. Right. So having a South By badge did not guarantee entry. Right. And then they did all these giveaways through Vivo's Twitter, where you would text to win. But then they decided, I'm not making this up, they decided, like, oh, wait, that round where we approved people who would get in, that doesn't count. It was a disaster. That's, yeah. They didn't know how to facilitate people getting in. So I decided the only way I'm getting into the show that I had to be at was to get in line. If you're at the front of the line, you get in. I knew that much. Yeah, exactly. I'm not exaggerating. I've told the story a million times. I waited in line 11 hours. That's not counting how long it took for Kanye to get right, on stage. Yeah. I just waited in line 11 hours at South by Southwest to see the, my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy show. Right. He brought out almost every guest on the record except for Rihanna and Nikki. 
Good Lord. This is before he's done Watch the Throne. This is before, like, him and Jay performing live right. as a regular thing. Yeah. He did all the lights with a marching band. And, I, and I'm going to tear up right now. I lost it. Yeah. It was the most, if I have kids, if I see my child <laughs> being born, I'm going to be like, pretty good. <laughs> I feel you. No, I, I, I'm there with you, right. But that was like a life-changing moment. Right. And it's like live music can do that sometimes where you're like, holy shit. So I never want to watch clips of that show on YouTube. Okay. Because I want to remember that like exactly as I interpreted it. Yes. Side of the stage. Not like on stage, but I was like over to the side. Um, so it's just interesting, I think, looking at But then there's other shows I've gone to where like I find it on archive.org and I want to listen to it all day. Totally, yeah. Yeah. I think it just depends on like the, the experience. Yeah, exactly. And, and talking about Kanye, I mean, we, uh, right. My Evil Dark Twisted Fantasy, 2011, that chapter is about totally. his performance at Coachella that year uh, where he brought out Justin Which Vernon. legendary. It was. I mean, it's like, a, it's like he styled it as a three-act play. And that's the great thing about Kanye West is that his shows aren't just shows. They're so much more than that. They're uh, like Broadway plays. They're rap shows. They're, they're theatrical. There's they're thea- there's theatrics that just can't be topped. I mean, the floating stage, uh, just recently on the uh, on the St. Pablo tour. The mountain on stage. The, the Yeezus tour was one of the greatest things I've ever seen oh, in my entire incredible. life. And I, in the book, I wrote about that show from a first-person perspective just because I wanted to kind of mix things up a little bit in the book. So there's oral histories, too. There's interviews with people. There's some ranking lists. But uh, but that show was especially special to me. And uh, it, 2013, I couldn't imagine picking a different show besides that one because it was such, like like you said, I mean, um, I wasn't, you know, on the verge of tears, no offense, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I've been on the verge of tears of your shows before, but you know uh, what? I, I'm not that guy who cries at every show. No, but like, no. Man, yeah. When he brought out the marching man for all the lights, I was just like, Oh fuck. Yeah, t- absolutely. Like, I, I feel you like, but that it was great about the, it was like that scene in yeah. toy story three. <laughs> it just, I didn't stand a chance. It was like right. watching eternal sunshine for yeah. the first time where you're like, Oh shit. Yeah. And, and th- that the Yeezus tour show shot taught kind of taught me how to like uh you know don't look at set lists beforehand. Right. Like, try to be surprised because that was the that was the first show of that tour. You so don't I didn't spoilers. know I didn't know anything about what was going on. And uh, You did go to that first show, I remember you were viewing it and I remember like seeing that you posted it re- online, but I didn't read it. Yeah. Come like on, I man. saw the headline. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't I didn't read it in <laughs> advance, that's what I mean. Like I didn't read it in oh, advance because right. I didn't want yes. to have your experience yes. informing my experience. Right, right. And I feel that, absolutely. That's, I feel the same way. I, I don't read show previews before I'm going to a show or I'm about to review a show. It's just kind of you know, the same thing. I don't want it to taint or go in with expectations or anything like that. I just kind of want to have it hit me. Right. You, you might see something where somebody's like, oh, like, look at this, you know, like, it's the consequence of sound headline. Like, look at this fan shot footage of blank. And you're like, right. okay, well, now I know he's doing that. But, you know, you can watch a trailer before you go see a movie, but you don't want to watch the whole bootleg online no, yeah. before you sit down on the theater. Right, totally, yeah. So, all right, so you've been writing about all these shows. How long did it take to put together this book and get all this research together? I'm sure it just took a weekend. No, yeah, about yeah, four <laughs> days. No, um, it took a, a good, about a year. Um, by the time I, you know, got the, you know, the, the sign, you know, the ink on the contract to the time I turned it in was about a year's worth of, listening and talking to people and writing and picking shows and pulling shows out and putting new shows in and the runners up I changed like like the day before like there were some people that I, I switched out the day before I submitted it and uh you know I'm excited for people to finally get to read it but I'm also kind of nervous just because you know it's like it's so final it's like this is this is what it is and it's like uh you're gonna get yeah. the riot fest thing where someone flips through the table of contents and they go the fuck man where's I know where's Radiohead I, or like yeah. where's you know 
Why didn't you list Lady Gaga or something like I know, that? Yeah, right? absolutely. I, I'm prepared for that. And uh, Radiohead is in there. Uh, All right. I, I will, I will, I will I'll say that. Uh, but yeah, I'm definitely prepared for the, you know, what, what's going on? Where, where is this person, that person? Uh, right. But, you know, I'm, I, can, I think I, def- I can make a pretty good case in the book for each person that's included, for sure. Well, and I think that, like, you list some legendary shows. I mean, even just, like, in the time that I have been an active music fan, you got Nine Inch Nails at Woodstock 94. Yes, absolutely. I remember being a kid. I remember seeing that on MTV. I mm-hmm. remember seeing, like, the mud. And, like, and I'm sure anyone at a different age would flip this open and they go, oh, that show in the 70s. But, like, for me, you know, Nine Inch Nails at Woodstock, man, that's iconic. I know. Absolutely. It's a legendary I, image. It's fantastic. And I, I talked to Jer- uh, Jerry Gerard, uh, who was their booking agent, about right. that show. And, and you mentioned the mud. And, you know, there's this whole history of, like, oh, they got to a mud fight before the show. And it was a spontaneous event. And they, it, it, it was sort of spontaneous. Uh, they did get into a fight. But... There was a conscious effort to like muddify themselves even more because it looks they nightmarish. knew exactly. That's exactly right. They wanted to go on stage and present this image. It's cr- Trent crawling out there like a like a like a zombie monster, and you know, in the the, the hazy a, light and such everything. A happy band. I know exactly, <laughs> and he knew what he was doing. He knew the cameras were rolling. He knew he wanted to make an impression. And you know, ninety one, uh, Lollapalooza, Nine Inch Nails is in there again, mm-hmm. um, and they're the only people that can really match the intensity of Jane's Addiction. They're sure. the only people who are selling the same amount of merch as Jane's Addiction. Uh, they just that band Trent Reznor just knows how to resonate with the crowd, and we just Riot Fest we just saw. I mean, I know it's incredible, and we were talking about like the fact that I think it's kind of remarkable that Trent, with how mired in despair and hatred and negativity and all these negative things that sometimes come out in his music, totally, that he's still here. Yeah, it's incredible, and not like, not just like barely getting by, like thriving, a mogul. He's like one Apple of the most music. important people in the music industry today. And I don't think it's that incredible. anyone saw that coming. I mean, the, the Defiant Ones documentary. It's like yes. Jimmy Iovine bet on Dr. Dre and Trent Reznor, and guess what? <laughs> Came up with a winner on both accounts. I mean, the guy is just he he continues to reinvent himself. He continues to do new things, but he continues to make amazing music. Those new EPs he put out are just incredible. They're incredible. The latest one, especially, I love. But like, yeah, if you went back to 1994. And you said, Dre and Trent, see how angry these guys are? They're going to be music business moguls 20 years from <laughs> exactly. People would be like, well, how high are you? And how, when can I get some of that? You right. Know? No, totally. Right. Yeah. It wouldn't be the people you'd banked on. And then Dre is in the book, too. I mean, right. bring Tupac back from the dead. I mean, how do you... How do you even think that up? I mean, it's just these visionary artists that are able to do new things with the live show that uh, no one has ever seen or done before and innovate it in cr- crazy ways. And that's there's a lot of strain of that in the book of people like James Brown in 1962 right. uh, making the live album a viable entity for people um, because he knew, like, I can bring this live. Like, it, you know, his, his uh, manager, his uh, label head didn't believe in him. He knew what he had as a live performer, and uh, he knew that if he went on stage and recorded that show, he knew he could make magic. Well, and so let's go through some of the names that are in here, just just to throw these out sure. here, like uh, Muddy Waters, Elvis Presley, The Beatles, Bob Dylan, Hendrix, Bowie, Crosby, Stills, Nash, Zeppelin, Ramones, Springsteen, Van Halen, Pink Floyd, The Clash, Ozzy, U2, Prince, Queen, I mean, this 80s list is legendary, Guns N' Roses, <laughs> Michael Jackson, NWA, Madonna, Jane's Addiction, Nirvana, Bana, B.I.G., you know, Nine Inch Nails, Oasis, Radiohead, Elliot Smith, Outcast, Jay-Z, Dixie Chicks. I'm almost reading every single one of them. Dave Chappelle's Block Party, Green Day, <laughs> Daft Punk, Foo Fighters, Arcade Fire, Kanye again, Dre, Kanye again, Jay-Z and Beyonce, Drake. Oh, okay, so everybody's in here. Yeah, it's a pretty good playlist. It's a pretty, it's a pretty good playlist. Yeah. If you're driving cross-country and someone made a playlist out of just these yeah. artists, sound pretty good. Yeah, exactly. On your end, as you're compiling this information, what were some of the, you know, because you're writing about everybody. Sure. 
what were some of the, for you personally, mm. some of the takeaways or some of the things you learned talking to an artist, talking to a manager, a, a publicity, whatever, like, what were the things that you personally were just like, oh my God, that's really cool. I can't believe I got to learn that. When I asked Bruce Springsteen, you know, what makes for a great live what concert. What a great sentence. I know, I'm sorry. It really is. I, I, I really asked Bruce Springsteen. I've been waiting to say that one. <laughs> When I asked Bruce Springsteen, that's your that's your like dinner party. It really forever. is. Just like, oh, and Corbin, what do you do? Put it out there. Well, you what? know, when I asked Bruce Springsteen, <laughs> <laughs> and then you win. Exactly. No, you can't top that. But I mean, right. he's the he's the boss. He's the sure. boss for a reason. He gets the final say. Um, when I asked Bruce Springsteen what it took to make a great concert, he told me a lot of work. And I think as concert goers, we realize in our heads that there's effort being expended, but you don't really realize how much work goes into an amazing live performance. I can't even imagine something like the Yeezus tour where they're bringing a mountain. Yeah, a mountain. The, loading in, them. loading out, driving across the country, making the records like that people want to hear, like building Putting those career. captions that went up yeah. on the screen. And that was what we were talking about with the social works guys a minute ago, like the behind the scenes that when we did a, a panel recently with... Uh, the Lollapalooza production team. Right. It's like, yeah, you go to a Riot Fest, you go to a Coachella, a South By, or whatever the experience is, or just like a huge tour, and you don't think about like any graphic you see, any prop you see, right. any production, any visuals, any whatever. There's one or more human people right. that brought that to life. It's an army of people. And sure. it's, even for a small show, it's an army of people. And I think that, yeah, just recognizing that, realizing, like, talking to people behind the scenes, um, talking to fans, talking to people who really care about this stuff that make it their life, um, you know, realizing, you know, it's, I mean, a, a performer is what a performer is, and people are going to focus on that. Um, but it's just so much more than that, and it's, it really is uh, the culmination of this massive amount of energy and work and time and effort and love that goes into all these shows. Yeah, and it has to work again and again and again every single night well, in you a hope. different space. Yeah. yeah, and you're getting to a different city and a different venue you've never been to, and I can only imagine, because look, I, on a micro, micro scale, I've done a bunch of panels at different spaces. Right. I mostly do them at Chicago Athletic. I know how it works at Chicago Athletic Hotel. I love that team. Right. They work so hard to make great events happen with us. But sometimes I get booked or I, I set it up at a different place for whatever you know event. Right. And I just got to hope when I get there that the sound system works, that, like, this works, that they have exactly. Wi-Fi. And that's for a, a panel yeah. with speakers. And there's no guitars plugged in. There's no synths. I can only imagine what it's like doing that on the macro level, the enormous level of, like, a tour, whether that's a Springsteen, a Guns N' Roses, a Kanye, a Drake. Totally. You know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's a Herculean effort. And yeah. there's so many variables, like you said, that go into it. And, uh yeah, just learning that and talking to those people like George Wynn, who's still alive, who did, who promoted the Newport Jazz Festival uh, in 1960, and the passion that he still has for music. He's like 90 something years old, and and he still remember that day crystal clear, the riot <laughs> that happened beforehand, and muddy set, and trying to argue with the the council uh, fathers to try to let the show go on even after the riot had happened. I mean, there's people really care, and that's that was something that was really cool for me to kind of. Discover. That's like some Stan Lee shit. Yeah, you exactly. see Stan Lee who's still in the mix, and he's like Excelsior, True right, Believer, and totally. you're like. I love that this guy's still here. Yeah. Like, that's amazing. Exactly. It's great. Yeah. So for you personally, and then it doesn't even have to be something in the book, but okay. like what have been some of the concerts that have changed your life, that, that ignited that passion, that reminded you why you're doing this, that made you love live music? Sure. Uh, the first one's a special one, Nine Inch Nails and, and the Queens of the Stone Age. I sure. wrote about that in the introduction. Um, Where was that? Arco Arena in Sacramento, California, 2005 on the Whiskey Tour. Man. Yeah. Autolux opened up for both of them. It was, oh, man. That's it was, a crazy yeah, bill. Anything a, that great. those failure guys have done. Yeah. If you're, if the, like, I look at failure 
who were like this overlooked band from the 90s. Right. I think they've started to get some recognition. I kind of look at Failure like the state. The, the comedy troupe from the, mid, from the early mid-90s on MTV. Anything that the guys from the state went on to do, like what had American Summer, Stella, Reno 901, etc. Yeah. I'm in. <laughs> if, the, if the guys from the state are in it, I'm in. Right, anything totally. that the guys from Failure are in, anything that Ken Andrews, Troy Van Leeuwen, like totally. anyone from Failure is in it, I'm like, right on. There's sign a me seal up. of quality for sure. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So that show was important. Obviously, it's my first show. <clears> I wrote about it in the introduction. Um, Robert Plant, the first time I saw him, being a Led Zeppelin fan, uh, my wife was with me. I like weeped like a baby. Uh, he played Ramble On, and it just, I couldn't, I was just, right. I was gone. Uh, the Yeezus Tour show was, it was a huge one Incredible. for me. Uh, just because, you know, it, I mean, I've seen a lot of rap acts, but I mean, he was, Kanye, the way he elevated the, 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 the live rap present, you know, presentation um, really opened my eyes. It's theater. In so many it's different Broadway. ways. Exactly. It, and it just was so incredible. Um, I mean, there's so many. I, I think those three are probably the top three for me. If I had to like, that's a really, that's a that's a hell of a list. It's a pretty good list. I'm proud of that list. It I is. mean, I've been to all, like hundreds of shows, but I mean, I mean those three I think emotionally uh, just continue to resonate. Now, talk about what you're doing as a music journalist. When we put out the uh, when we did the panel last year, sure. you were with Rolling Stone, and right now you are the deputy music editor at Uprocks. Correct. That is correct. Yes. Talk about Uprocks. Talk about what you're doing there. Talk about like how that's going. Sure. Yeah. Uprocks. You know, uh, with the culture of now. We're just trying to figure out and write cool stories that resonate with the culture that's happening right now. Uh, whether that's talking to you know rap artists, pop artists, rock artists. You know, it's whatever's hitting, whatever's resonating with people. That's what we're really into. Um, writing cool stories, hitting cool shows, especially on the music side. We, we have so many different things at Uprocks, uh, pro wrestling, sports, uh, dime mag. Uh, it's really just like a place where all people can go for, you know, their common interests and for really pop get culture fed. they care about. Exactly, pop culture They're they care about. And they about. all feed into each other. And we really want to create the space uh, of interesting stories, interesting people, um, a funny vibe, irreverent, you know, speaking, uh, talking to the culture that's out there now, uh, not just, you know, talking amongst ourselves, addressing right. what people are saying, criticisms. Uh, it's all about that. And it's really been fun. It's really been uh, cool to, like, you know, uh, interact with the fans, interact with uh, our readership, interact with the culture, um, hit cool shows, talk to cool people. I got a story coming out this week I'm really excited about, so stay tuned for that. Um, yeah, just really just grinding hard, writing features, writing new stories, making it Dude, fun. I always see you putting stuff out. Yeah, Always. 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 Um, so this book is about to hit on October 10th, right? Yes. Lighters in the Sky, um, greatest all-time concerts, 1960 to 2016. Indeed. And again, everybody's in this. It is a hell of a playlist, and it goes in-depth. Like, I-, I can't wait to read the rest of this. I loved reading the Madonna story. I just Isn't thought that, that, that was incredible. Like, yeah. just her going up against the Pope. <laughs> you gotta I love mean, Madonna. That's, that's some Batman v Superman shit. Exactly, yeah. Like, it just doesn't get bigger, especially right. at that period of time. You, you can't come up with a bigger lineup than, like, Madonna versus the Pope. Well, that's what's, it's, what's really cool is, like, there's these female artists in there, these women artists, Madonna going up against the Pope, the Dixie Chicks going up against the President Bush. of the United States. Sure. These women are powerful, and it was so cool to watch what they can do and uh, to change society, to change cultural norms, and go up against what they perceived as being wrong. And I was really uh, stoked to be able to kind of highlight those, uh, those efforts. So is this the first book you've written? It is the first book I've written. I know you said that there were some things you changed last minute. Were you thinking, like, maybe there's, like, a deluxe edition of this? Maybe there's, like, the box set edition, or maybe there's, like, volume two, or... I'll, I'll say that the, uh, there is a 2017 chapter written, 
Um, it's going to hit on the Lesser Gods website, the publisher. Um, so stay tuned for that. I'm not going to give it away what it is yet. Sure. But uh, I think that people will <laughs> be... Nine fu- Nails it, right? It's, of course, it's Nine Nails. Of course, you know, just the whole it's book just is really just Nine Nails, Nails and Kanye. That's all it is, yeah. <laughs> but and no, I am in. Exactly, yeah. I, I'm pretty stoked for it. So stay tuned for that. I think that uh, it'll definitely start a conversation. I love it, man. Uh, Lighters in the Sky, you can buy this on Amazon. It's all over your Twitter. Uh, what's your Twitter? At Corbin Reef, C-O-R-B-I-N-R-E-I-F-F. Smash that follow button if you can, please. And you're, you're posting about Uprocks. People can follow your work there. Sure, yep. Um, I love this, man. I cannot wait to sit down and really dig into this because, you know, anytime I do my interviews, I, like, I do like the prep read. Sure. Where I'm like, I got to get through this info. I got to make sure I know all the main talking points. I got to know. I don't want to be the guy who sits down and I'm like, so what do you do? <laughs> but it's different when I'm sitting and I'm reading the PDF to make sure that I know what I'm talking about with right. you. And when I can sit at home on a day and chill and actually read this for pleasure. Yes. I'm really looking forward to that. I'm excited to get the text from you saying, like, what the Dude. hell are you thinking in 1974? And yeah. it's... <laughs> the, if, I, if I have one criticism sure, that's very me, me I'm going to be like... Smashing Pumpkins. Where's the Smashing Pumpkins in there? The Smashing Pumpkins didn't get a full chapter. They did get a runner-up or they honorable mention. mention. They got yeah. the mention. So, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I know, I'm just going to put it out there right now. I know Deadheads. I hear you. <laughs> oh, man, Deadheads. You're I'm good sorry <laughs> that they didn't make the cut. They ran up against some stiff competition in some certain years. They sucked at Woodstock. That's not my fault. You're going to uh, wake up with, like, a bloody, severed hippie bear head exactly in your bed i know i'm i'm waiting for it. just someone's ponytail just uh bring right. it up and just put it in my bed yeah exactly. yeah it's a sign I, so I'm, I'm gonna say right now i'm sorry deadheads it's uh it's not me it's them and i'll just leave it at that there you go man uh lighters in the sky it's available on october 10th corbin reef i love this man i cannot wait to sit down and read the rest of this but i think it's incredible what you did here the level of research that is present here i can't wait to read about like nirvana at reading you know, to read about Prince, to read about U2, to read about Springsteen, to read about Daft Punk at Coachella here. Like, there's just legendary stuff, you know, uh, common, the roots, the Fugees, you know, at Dave Chappelle's block party. Like, Jay-Z for Watch the Throne. Like, this is just, it's everything. You it's, got it's everyone everything. in here. <laughs> Elliot cool. Smith. Elliot Smith, I can't wait to read at the about Largo. Elliot Smith. The Largo, it's the, yeah, absolutely. That's a great one, and I had a, I had a great time talking to uh, Larry Crane about that one, and uh, Sam Coombs, who was uh, his bandmate for a long time, Heat Miser. Uh, it's legendary. Legendary, absolutely. I love it. It's incendiary. 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 That's, that's the word of the night. <laughs> I love it. Lighters in the Sky by Corbin Reef, man. Pick it up on Amazon, October tenth, dude. Thank you, thank you for twice now for doing this, and uh, same invite. Like as you have new things happening, please. Feel free to hit me up and be like, hey, can I come talk about this? Sure thing. Mike's always on, man. Pleasure. Love it. Thank you so much. Thank you. You've been listening to a production of Dynasty Podcast. Find more Dynasty Podcasts at DynastyPodcast.com. For the Dynamic Dynasty, Dynasty Descend.